the jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. That cut off. That was a surprise. What happened? Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, like, enough of that. Let's n- talk. Enough of that. Well, that was same old drag by a band uh, that I haven't listened to in a while, I'll be honest with you, but uh, I love them a lot. They're called the Apples in Stereo. And uh, we're playing them for a specific reason, because uh, that band was once on Simeon Records. Now, what's <laughs> Simeon Records? Simeon Records is a label that... Elijah Wood formed, um, was it 2004? I think so, yeah. 2000, whoa, 2005 like 11 or years? 5, 10 years? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. I remember writing a story about them when I was still doing print. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I it did. Was a fun. It was a fun time. It was like a grand experiment, something I'd always wanted to do. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't actually have the label anymore. It was sort of like a good three to four year period. You had, um, two, you had two really great bands, another band called Heloise and... and Savoir Faire, yep. yeah. 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 It's bringing me back. I'm still really close with, with Eloise and, and also Robert from the Apples and Stereo. Good stuff. Yeah, it was Good fun. Good stuff. I was very, because I, I knew about it because, again, you know, I've, I've, in my previous life before doing radio, I was a music journalist. Oh, who, um, did, you, who did you write for? Uh, well, I was an editor at Billboard magazine for 14 years. Oh, wow. And then I wrote for um, Vibe and Pulse, the old Tower Records magazine. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an old guy. So I've Have been, you seen the Tower, Tower Records doc? Uh, not yet, but I'm going to because yes. we're going to have Colin hangs up. Yeah. Colin did such a beautiful job. Oh, I film. can't wait. It, it's extraordinary. My heart it's really broken to pieces. <laughs> it's really hard because I'm a native New Yorker, so my mm-hmm. entire adolescence was spent at Tower Records. Yeah, was that Eighth Eighth Street? It was fourth. It was a little oh, below fourth. fourth and Broadway. That's it. Yeah, and then of course there was the one uptown, but I didn't like the one uptown. But I used to, you know, I mean, I'm I used a rec- to go there all the time. I'm a record guy, yeah. so I would start there. Mm-hmm. And I worked my way through all the indie shops, mm. like uh, Norman Sound and uh, Sound and Vision, and yeah. St. Mark Sounds, and then Revolution, and because other I was, music's right down there too. Yep, I love that store. Yep, still there. Yeah, other music's great. Other music's still there, and Revolution is still there. Wow. Yeah, and uh, although you ever go to A One Records? I haven't been A One in a A1's long time. Awesome. Is it good? Yeah, it's killer. If you want good New York disco, twelve inches, <laughs> it's the best. Which is, you know, because <laughs> well, do you best. remember? Well, then, do you remember uh, Decadence back in the day yeah. on Christopher Street? No. Yeah, that was really it. Was it was all the way down near Christopher and Hudson near the Lucille Hotel? It was right next to Lucille okay. Hotel, and. Uh, uh, a straight married couple ran it, but it was mostly gay DJs who went in there. Okay. And you would go in and say, hey, Dennis, what you got? I got some macho disco for you. <laughs> and he would break out like the Megatone records and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then there was Discorama, which, uh-huh. is, which is gone, but that was on Bleecker. Yeah. You have a movie to talk about, by the way. Did you ever make it to um, Tropicalia and Furs? Yeah, that place was amazing. My friend Joel Stones, all the all yeah. the all the killer Brazilian music that he'd bring in, and so good. Yeah, really great international psychedelic stuff. There was nothing better, and I would even go to a, that was to a great store, Footlights for for the classic, the old big band stuff. Because I'm just a music junkie. Yeah, same. Just throw it at me, and I'll listen to it, and sure. I'll find something I can get into. Yeah. And Footlights would I be agree. the place. Yeah, there's no such thing as genres. I don't know. I, it's no. all. It's, there's good music in anything. Cast recordings. 
places. Yeah. That one was really the best. There used too. to be this really neat place, uh, not far from here, called Downstairs Records. And mm. it was, you would walk up the stairs, and it was above the. Uh, <laughs> it was the, upstairs. It was it. It was, it was downstairs <laughs> up, and you would go. Up, it was it, it was above the uh, the uh, the post office on Forty Fifth Street mm-hmm. between Fifth and Sixth. Yeah. And they had they sold forty fives up until four years ago when they closed. What's interesting, you know, there a lot of those stores that were around from the 60s or 70s on, they struggled to stay alive when vinyl fell off yeah. and people were, and CDs fell off. But now you've got stores starting up. You've got so many stores that, that are that, actually uh, opening. Vinyl specific. Exactly. It's an exi- it's an exciting time. It's a, it it's a sad thing that some of those older stalwarts couldn't make it because if they'd held on and figured out a new business model, it you know vinyl is is crazy right now. But I know it's it's uh, yeah because uh, Bleecker Street's gone right. Bleecker Bob's Bleecker Bob's is a sushi joint now. Fine. <laughs> I went down there and when I first noticed it, I literally sobbed. Yeah. Took a picture, sobbed. It's a piece of history. Piece of history. Yeah, it's sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Elijah Woods here, by the way. Um, <laughs> you're on the Jolts, Sirius XM Al Q. Um, so excited to have you here. Because I re- Because I remember, uh, I remember Simeon. I remember, uh, you know, all the, all the, the love you put into music. Um, and, and, and I've always wondered why music wasn't your career. I mean, you're a great actor. Oh, thanks. But why, why wasn't music your career? Because you talk about it. You talk about it the way I'm a lifelong, I mean, music is everything in my life. Sure. This is what I do now is secondary to my love of music. Sure. How did music not become your vocation? Um, that's a, well, I mean, I think I started acting when I was seven, so that really was my life. And I don't think I really truly discovered my love of music or expressed it in full until I was probably a teenager where it really started to become a huge part of who I was. Um, and at that point, I was, you know, I was so deep in what I was doing as an actor mm. that, and, I, and, and loving it um, that really it was always just another aspect of who I was. I don't know that I want to be involved in the music industry. You know, I don't know what that career would be. You know, I fantas- I've always fantasized about having a record store. It's, uh, it's my, my fantasies are small fry stuff. It's like record store yeah. <laughs> um, or to have my own radio show or things like that. I've always sort of fantasized about. But I don't know what kind of career I would have. Um, for me, expressing it through playing records and DJing is, is really the, the most satisfying, you know. And, and how do you find, though, that music informs your acting? Because... The more I th- the more I thought about it this morning, it's something I've always noticed, but I, I really thought about it a lot mm-hmm. um, because I watched Cooties, which is Elijah Wood's new movie, which opens on Friday, and it's very funny. <laughs> it's very funny, <laughs> and it makes you jump a lot. Um, and I'm thinking, that it, it, you know, great to me, great acting is because I hear music every minute of my life. Sure, me too. Um, Great acting has has not just rhythm; it has melody. It does, and you have yeah. a very interesting melody in your acting. It's very specific. Interesting. Um, I don't think anyone's ever pointed that out before. It's the thing that I love most about my favorite of your movies, which is Grand Piano. Ah, uh, yeah, I love that film. Oh my gosh, Elijah! Not many people saw it, but I love that. That film. is the most. You have to see Grand Piano. It is. It's, it's a one, crazy premise, but I think it was the approach that Eugenio had was so. He, he was so committed 
And I just think that the use of the cinematic language in that film is extraordinary. And and it's the most challenging acting. <laughs> it was really challenging. Because yeah. all he really kind of does is sit there. <laughs> and play piano. And play piano. Yeah. And it's all in the face. It's all behind the eyes. It's all... And it, 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 in the wrong hands, it becomes a Carol Burnett episode. Right? That's Nora hilarious. Jasmine. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? But it's very subtle when you need it to be. Mm. And... and so, so, melody, yeah. I mean, rhythm comes from directing, from a director, mm. from a company, and mm-hmm. then you have to top it. So how do you find that? Ooh, good question. Um, well, I think some of that is present within the context of a scene. Rhythm and melody is not just what your rhythm is or your melody is, but it's how it's, it's played off of the other people within the context of a scene. And that's where there's a sort of, you know, a connected rhythm, I guess. Um, so it's an, it's a mixture of the writing and, and the way that you find yourself into it and the way that you play with the other actors. Mm. But it's really interesting to think about music in acting because I suppose it is musical. It, it is rhythmic and it, it is about timing. And there is a sort of melody within the context of also just simply how you, what what your voice is and how you articulate yourself. And, yeah. Each character's different in that regard, I suppose. Well, and what makes, you know, to bring it to, to Cooties, which is a, a very light, fun movie about <laughs> kids with the virus, and, and, and you, have, you can only get it if you have not experienced puberty. Right. And they're out to kill everybody who has, basically. Right. So, yeah, it's that play on the classic notion of Cooties, except... Exactly. It's, it's actually, it turns them into savages. It turns, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and, but, and there's a point, you know, Rain Wilson is in it, and he's so good in this movie. Oh, Rain's great. But with, Playing uh, a jock, which I love. Which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, but what's, I, I also thought about it in terms of this movie because there's like a team of grown-ups who are trying to foil the kids, and you're one of them. Mm-hmm. And... It's very, it's very band-like. It's yes. very frenetic. It's almost kind of like a, you know, speed metal punk. Because because your pace and your 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 music to me in this movie is very frenetic. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of like that in a in, in a in a guitar. Yeah, um, that's it, the rhythm of the film too. And you've got you've it's it's steeped in comedy. You know, it's a horror film. But it's, it, I think what drives the movie is it's, it's comic energy. Yeah. And then when you've got that many people in a room and they're all comedians, that becomes the rhythm of the film. So, so much of it is, is the banter between Rain, Nassim Pedrad, uh, Alison Pill, Jack McBrayer, and all of us together, Lee Whannell. And that becomes the kind of rhythm that we're playing in, which for me is so much fun because I'm inherently not, I don't come from a place of comedy. But I love playing in that world. And to work with those actors is just a, an absolute joy. So much of it is just reacting and, and it, enjoying it. It made me wonder why you don't do more comic acting. Because it's not your wheelhouse or not what you've been given the opportunity to do. Mm. Um, I love it, though. Are you think, do you think about pursuing it more? It, definitely, yeah. Um, I'm very attracted to comedy. I mean, that... To a certain degree, I I did it for about four years on that show, Wilfred, um, which largely because, I mean, I love the concept, but Mm -hmm. I was also drawn to it because it was a comedy and that was not my comfort zone or what I'd I'd had much experience in before. So, no, I I love comedy. I think comedy is actually incredibly difficult. (laughs) Um, It's very challenging, I think, to be funny. 
I would imagine it's more precise than drama because it is because it's all about how you land certain lines totally and certain expressions. Ti- and timing moments. and rhythm is more important in comedy than I think anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know? So was that intimidating? Um, no. I think the I've I've been um, fortunate enough in the, the the times that I've spent working within the within the comedy structure to sort of be the straight man to a mm-hmm. certain degree. Um, so a lot of the comic uh, aspects haven't rested entirely on my shoulders, so mm. no, not terribly nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, and when you, it, you're, you know, to a certain degree, you're only as good as the company you keep, and I think that's true of any kind of acting. You're only as good as who you're acting opposite, and our cast in Cooties was extraordinary, so it was just a joy on a daily basis. It's a honestly really fun movie. Oh, so, good. I'm glad you like it. I really did very much. It's uh, Elijah Wood joining us here on The Jolt. Uh, I'm Larry Flick. It's about 32 past the hour. Cooties opens on Friday. Um, So um, you started at a young age Mm -hmm. uh, on this this path. Uh, Was there ever a point where you thought, I need to get off this, this path? No, Was, did not. you have? Did you did you ever feel your? Did you have a moment of rebellion against <laughs> what was? Because a lot of young people do. I think there was a brief period when I was around. I was young, like eleven or twelve, where I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to do, and I think what that was was my own a certain a bit of what ha- happens when you grow into a teenager you you start to become more self-conscious and as Mm. I became more self-conscious I I started to get nervous which I'd never really gotten nervous before and that I found that very uncomfortable and unsettling um but it sort of passed because I I ultimately love I loved doing what I was doing and still do so it was a brief kind of insecurity I think do you remember when do you remember when that insecurity gave way to a a sense of either understanding or relief that you had some degree of skill? I mean, and I say some degree because most people don't like to say, oh, I'm very good at this, even <laughs> if you are. I think you're great at it. Thank but, you. But, you know, was there a point where you gave yourself a break and said, okay, I have no reason to be insecure. I've got this. I don't know if there was a specific moment. It was always easy for, for me to get to go to work and rem- and be reminded, you know, just by the context of what I was doing and working opposite other people. So I, there wasn't a moment that I had that sort of allowed me to settle into realizing that I still loved it. I think it was, I had reminders of that all the time. Mm. And I simply just had to work in order to be reminded, I guess. The, the, the context of what you've done so far uh, includes some pretty iconic work, obviously, Lord of the Rings. So. Mm-hmm. And... That happened very young. Sure, yeah, I was 18 when I went to New Zealand. That's that's a hard thing to live down when you become a grown person, right? Or is it? Not, no, not really. Ever Um, a fear that you've peaked at 18? No, I never really worried about that. Primarily because I I think I was very aware that that was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and I would never have anything like that again. I mean, Lord of the Rings was extremely unique. The notion of adapting those books, adapting those books in full, shooting three films at the same time, like all of it was unprecedented. And I knew that we would, none of us would ever encounter anything similar. So it didn't feel like I was peaking. It felt like 
certainly the grandest, that biggest thing I'd ever done and maybe ever will do. And I was okay with that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because mm. scale isn't everything. Um, in some ways, I've had equally gratifying experiences cinematically that were on a much, much smaller scale. Um, so s the size of it is something that I was certainly enamored with at the time, but also knew was a, was a singular thing. Does it make you... Yeah, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Does it make you in some level ache for smaller moments like Grand Piano, which it, I wouldn't call a small moment, but I would call a very different moment because sure. when I look at Grand Piano, which is honestly my favorite thing you've done to awesome. this point. <laughs> it's I one of my favorite experiences making a movie. It's just the most extraordinary movie, y'all. Uh, and, and, and forgive me for not calling back to other pieces. That's the one that sticks always sure. when I hear your name. Um, it's such uh, it's such an artful conceit versus mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings or even Cooties, which is mass appeal, mm -hmm. intentionally, proudly so. Mm -hmm. When you do something like Cooties, do you think, okay, that felt good, I had fun, we did a good job, now I need to do something that is miles away from it, maybe something a little smaller. Yeah, I mean, I I think my process is a little bit more organic than that. There mm -hmm. is some of that, but I think I, I'm just, I never know what I'm looking for. I, I, I know it when I read it, and I know it's, it's always a gut feeling. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as a, a filmmaker that I love and I want to work with that I'm impressed by, um, or... A really great script that's has a unique sort of take on a story that I'd, I'd not read before um, but I don't know that I'm specifically looking for the smaller moments it actually just so happens to be that most of the things that I respond to tend to be on a smaller scale because mm. I feel like those that's still the space for which this the great stories are being told for the most part um, yeah and but but cooties I mean speaking of cooties that was because I'm a producer on the film, too. That was actually something that we put together, and it took about three years to get that movie made. Um, Why did it take so long? It's such a no-brainer. That's what I... Th we thought that, too. <laughs> um, Lee, I mean, it Lee, is such I mean, a no-brainer. Yeah, and we had Lee Wanell, uh, who wrote and created Saw and Insidious, um, and his writing partner on, on the script was Ian Brennan, who was co-creator of Glee. So we thought j just the pedigree of those two alone would attract financing to the film. Uh, I would just say, it took a while. all you gotta do is <laughs> pitch the pit, get the elevator pitch on this movie is enough. I, I agree. Yeah, it's a movie about a, a, a virus that affects children prepubescent and turns them into savages, and they attack a group of teachers at a school. It's pretty awesome. Done. <laughs> Done. It's pretty awesome. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it honestly... You know, what, I know. Just just saying it and the title. It's insane. And cooties. I know, I know. It's called cooties. fucking cooties for yeah. We were just shocked that there wasn't a movie in the seventies or eighties like an exploitation movie. Like you could imagine Troma doing something called cooties. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's how like, how like, that hadn't like, existed before? You know, we like couldn't bugs, believe it. Bugs, lesions, or you know, just like they're gonna do it now. Right. Watch. I know there'll be a copyright Troma the name of immediately yeah. if you haven't already. <laughs> well, you never know. We might make a sequel. Hey. If people like the movie enough, we certainly want to go back just for our own indulgence. <laughs> like... It's a fun movie. And you know what? It's, what's really cool is um, 
I, 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 the chemistry makes me believe that you guys had a good time, mm-hmm. but it's not one of those movies where you all had so much fun that you forgot that you were being filmed. Right. Because, you know, sometimes when the more fun you have on a set... Sometimes the, it can be exclusionary. Yeah. Like, like, clearly they're having a blast, but somehow it's not their... They don't really give a they shit about their audience. They forgot there's a camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the movie is called Cooties. It's super-duper fun. It's, uh, it makes you jump. But it makes you laugh a lot, too. It opens on Friday. It stars Elijah Wood, among others. Um, really, really delighted to have you here. Uh, okay, you. I'm going to take a risk. Mm-hmm. This is where we get to show how good or not good our library is. What are you listening to these days? Is there anything you're just, like, really aching over that you're just thinking that's the best? Um, you'll definitely have it uh, because it's a popular record, but I just I can't get enough of it. Um, the new Tame Impala record, I think Currents is, oh. is a, Oh yes, it's yes, a, yes, yes! It's just a brilliant. Isn't that I, a great album? It's brilliant. I saw them at the um, at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery um, recently, and they were just extraordinary. I think that record's extraordinary, and you know, to to know that it comes from one man is isn't that just, something? It's really staggering. Um, there's a few examples of bands like that. There's a great band out of uh, Sweden called Dunian, um, who are also sort of operating out of the psych milieu. Um, and that's also one dude, and he tours with a band. That's a good. That's good too. I can't find currents, but I could find. I could find my favorite song from the record. Are you gonna? Are you, what are you gonna play? The less I know. Oh, great! Do you like that one? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, good. We're gonna listen to. You know, um, come back and let's do a music show. That'd awesome. That'd, I'd love that. That'd be great. Do you guys? Does, do you have the capacity for uh, vinyl here? Do you have turntables? Well, we, we could set anything. Because that would be really fun. I could just bring we a could, box of forty fives. We could set anything up here. That'd we be have rad. Cool. Spencer! Get it going. In the meantime, go see the movie Cooties. (laughs) 